Um, and I did a lot of the child rearing by myself when they were little because um, Dan worked. Or he was incapacitated for a while with his back. And then after that, um, you know, he was working. Um, and as, the, as we had more children, uh, he worked more because more children equals you know, cost more to feed them and to clothe them and to buy them shoes, just, you know. So he would work sometimes two jobs, which meant I was at home. Daycare was very expensive. So it just worked out that it was much more feasible for me to stay home and for him to work. So that's what we did. Um, as far as the discipline's concerned, I don't see, I don't see, um, there, yeah, there was a lot of difference. Dan grew up in a more, well, there were more kids in his family, and um, there were, um, there were a lot of boys. So, yeah, it was, it was different from my family. My family was a lot quieter. Um, my brother and I used to fight a lot, but as far as, as the punishments were concerned, um, it was a lot different. It was a lot quieter. In Dan's house, when I'll let you speak to that, but when you all were punished, a lot of you were usually punished because it wasn't just one person that was involved in the situation. So, um, you want to speak with that to that? I don't think I answered the question really. Well, uh, in our house, if something happened and no one fessed up to what was happening. All of us got lined up and punished equally. And that way, my father knew he'd get the culprit. Okay. Um, and I mean, with my five brothers and four sisters, either ignorant or just covering for each other, we all ended up getting punished all at the same time. Um, as far as raising our own children, Early on, there was yelling, and and it would cause conflict sometimes between us. And the things that I've learned over the years is you can't unsay things. Yeah, that's a big one. Okay, you we're cannot unsay words that have come out. You can say I'm sorry after they've come out, but you cannot unsay the hurtful, horrible things that you can say at the time of a conflict so and and I'm guilty of having said those things in the past but over the years I have learned it is better to shut up and not go back to the history okay history is history for a reason it's back there you should learn from it and move on if you don't you will repeat history Okay, so over the years, I have learned to take a cooling down period, and that cooling down period, we may yeah. be upset with each other, yeah. and we just stop. And that, don't go to bed with your wrath. Don't say what you got on your mind before you go to bed. Okay, that's a good way to put it. Um, God don't doesn't want you to be up for thirty six straight hours while you're hashing out a conflict here. Okay, find a place to stop, stop, and get a cooling down period. And whatever that period of time is, it can be overnight, it can be a day, it can be a week. 
But uh, the calmer you get, the easier it is to deal with. Amen. Okay. Can, can I just interject there? That doesn't mean that you don't talk during that time. That just means you don't discuss that particular, that particular issue item. because that's a hotbed item for you and it will cause more conflict. And if you're screaming and yelling at each other, you're not getting anything accomplished. All you're doing is exasperating the situation. So um, we may not even, so we may not discuss the situation. I heard, um, I heard Karen Evans yesterday um, talk about how they always fix everything before they go to bed. Well, that doesn't necessarily work for us. Now, we forgive each other before we go to bed maybe not to each other, but we forgive each other and we're okay in our own in our own hearts before we go to sleep. But actually just sitting down to discuss the issue, to put it to rest, sometimes that has to wait till the next day or the next time that we have a block of time that we can talk about it. Because some issues can't be talked about for two minutes. You know, we do our best talking when we're in the car. You know, we will ride down the road and we might be quiet for long periods of time and then we, we can discuss things. And we, I think we learned to do that um, early on in our marriage because when the kids were real little we could still talk with the kids in the car but after that we didn't have a lot of money and we didn't really have a lot of time so when we were going places without the children was a perfect time to talk. No one else is there and it was before cell phones so there was no one to bother you once you were in the car you were alone for however long you were in the car. And Dan likes to drive, so that we used to take drives a lot. Mm. You know, we had family members that lived close by, so we'd switch off on children so that we didn't have to, which is an important part. If, if you know people that don't have a lot of money for babysitters, encourage them to switch off with, with other young families. That works really well for everybody, and it gives the children playmates. So um, we switched off a lot and we spent a lot of time in the car talking about situations and that's how we resolved a lot. And we could do it um, especially as we got older and understood a little more. In the beginning there was still a lot of yelling and because we were both right. We were both always right because Mr. We, and Mrs. We, we, needed, we needed the other person to understand what we were saying so the louder we talked and the more we said, the more we thought somebody was going to understand, which is definitely not the case. So we've learned to, to just be quiet. And the other thing that we've learned is not to take things personally. And that's, that's a hard thing, but don't take it personally. If, if I say or do something that you don't understand, it's not, I'm not doing it because of you. It's not, it's not something... I'm not trying to upset you or we, we had that yesterday um, we went to BJ's and um, we went we went to get um, a new um, ga gas can for the, the grill and we did that together we got hamburger and stuff like that and then he had to go get it filled so when we went to the tire center to get it filled he got out of the car and I didn't go and I'm like I'm gonna wait for you here and I'm like, okay now he's upset with me but it wasn't because I was trying to upset him and didn't want to go with him my foot hurt I had a blister on my foot and I just didn't want to walk anymore so when I explained that to him he's like okay so 
you know, instead of immediately jumping to, oh, you know, they're slighting me. I'm now I'm offended. They said this and I'm offended. Why don't you just say, well, what did you mean by that? I, I don't understand why. Yeah. And stay away from the use when you're doing, when you're, when you're having disagreements. They what do you mean, up. the use? You did this, and you did this, and oh, you did this, you. and you. I feel like this, and I did this, and I. Stay away from the use. I was you. Okay? Yeah, yeah it, just too many use that get thrown out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, just... It's it's a growing process. Okay? Everything is a growing process. But you got to learn along the way. Marriage is work. Yes, sir. You said earlier about don't be, you know, you're talking about making a decision to, to not to be, you know, if you at a point where you want to quit, you know, and, you know, don't do it at the same time. Don't do it at the same time, which you said earlier. So what do you do when, uh, okay, if you're not the one at that point? I mean, did you, would you ever sensed it, you know, from that, okay, or well, you got to that point where the other one seemed like, okay, look, I'm getting tired of this. And what do you, huh? You pray. You pray. And you pray. I lie. <laughs> <laughs> I lie. Can you give me an example? I mean, now I'm poking at you a little bit. Can you give an example? Um, I can. Go for it. I can. Um, there have been, like I said, there have been times in our marriage where Dan worked a lot. There have been times in our marriage where Dan, Dan no longer drank, but Dan still had that addictive personality. So for a while, he was a workaholic. So he wasn't drinking, but he was working. And he justified it by saying he was working for his family. But at one point, he was on salary. So he only made X amount of dollars, no matter how much he worked. But he was working like 80 hours a week, which left me at home with the kids and all the responsibilities because even to call him was like, I'm busy, I can't talk now. So he had kind of checked out that way. Um, but he wasn't, he, he didn't want to be gone necessarily. It was just the whole situation. But anyway, so here I am stuck at home with these kids and I'm thinking, I'm gonna do bad. I could be do bad all by myself. I'm doing everything now. The only thing he's doing is bringing in money. I could live in my own house, follow my own rules, do what I wanna do, take care of my kids the way I want to. So, you know, I went through their whole thing with the Lord and then I, I had to pray. I had to really pray. Because it was a serious situation here because I felt like I was between a rock and a hard place because I didn't see any way out of this situation. Where you go when you have seven kids, you can't really just pick up and leave. And you can't really throw him out. So it was a, it was a lot of... I mean, we were saved. We were in the church. We were deacon. Well, he was a deacon. I was a missionary. We were... We were serving the Lord, but we were struggling. Amen. It was it was a serious issue for us, mm -hmm. and you know the kids were getting a little bit older. The older ones were teen were young teenagers, and that's a whole set of issues right there when you're raising yeah. young teenagers. Mm -hmm. 
You know, we had a, yeah. So <laughs> we, we, you know, cause I had the teenagers and then I had the, I had the little ones. So mm -hmm. it was a whole group of them there and it's me. I felt like it was me against, not us against the world anymore. It was me against the world and me against the kids mm -hmm. because you know, I was there, so I had to deal with everything. I had to deal with their fights. I'd call him crying because I couldn't handle it, and he's like, I'm busy, I'm at work, I gotta go. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? And I mean, I did have some friends, but the friends that I had weren't willing to, to they weren't the kind of friends that you could go to and say, hey, I need a break, can you watch my kids? Mm. And by that point, my in-laws were not, my parents didn't babysit for us, and our in-laws, my in-laws were not around really, and I didn't want to take all this stuff to them. I didn't want them to know what was going on. You know, because I didn't want anybody to say, oh yeah, all these years later, see, you said you were going to be strong. You said you were going to stay together. And that, that's the first thing that popped in my head. You said you're going to stay together, but you can't keep it together. So you're going to get a divorce anyway. See, we told you you shouldn't have got married. And no one ever said that to me, but that's all the that's all the internal dialogue. <laughs> so as I'm hearing, oh yeah, you you can't do it, you can't do it. And I said, okay, God, it's you and me. Somehow you got to figure out how to fix this because I can't do it. Amen. I can't do this anymore. I remember spending locking my the door, telling the older kids, you make sure your brothers and sisters eat, you take care of them, babysit. I locked my bedroom door. I wasn't coming out until I got an answer because it got to it got to that point. You know, my favorite place to pray was in the shower, and the reason it was in the shower, and m young mothers will understand this. When you're in the shower, you can't hear the fighting. <laughs> you can't hear what's going on outside. So when it got to the point where I couldn't deal with life anymore, mom needs a 10-minute shower, and I'd go turn the water on stand under the shower. Sometimes I didn't even stand under I just put my hand under it and let the hot water run on my hand while I'm praying. Amen. And you can't hear anything. So you can't hear anything so nothing's going on so you can actually take a breath. That's how I got through those okay. those days. Wow. I know as men we appreciate hearing that but I imagine what a young mother would do with that information. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's, yes. that's profound. Thank you for sharing that. Let me, um, we're going to be wrapping up pretty soon, just in this segment. I'm definitely going to have you guys continue at another point. This is uh, very good. And I understand we can't cover everything at one time. I want you to, both of you to finish out in two areas, probably for the next 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, question number one is, can you share the dangers warn us in regards to parents befriending their children over their spouse. Now, they may not say that they do that, but they bond more, and I've spoken with many men, um, where the children are more connected to their wife than they are. And one of the things they're frustrated about is is that they feel like instead of a husband or a father they feel like a slave in the house because they work they're providing the food shelter and since we're talking biblically about marriages it is very easy to get the mindset or to take it on of this present world which says okay leave i don't need you i don't need a man 
I can do this by myself. And I understand it's out there, but as believers, if I say I'm following the biblical mandate, that is something we need to be aware of because God wants us to grow in our lives from glory to glory, not from mess to mess, and ask him to bless it. So can you speak a little bit on that and then take a few minutes to uh, encourage uh, Kathy at the end, encourage the men and... Brother Dan, encourage uh, females who may be listening. Well, first, um, you know, God ordained marriage before anything else. Before the church or, or before government, before anything else. God ordained marriage. So marriage is extremely important to him. And marriage is between a woman and and a man it's not between a woman and a man and children so that's the first thing we have to remember we fell in love with our spouse for a reason and they're our primary responsibility as children come in the early days children become mothers just need to spend a lot of time with children when, when they're little so we understand that but the one thing that that young mothers need to remember is their primary, their primary role is, is still the wife. So the children are secondary, especially in a first marriage. That's, that's well, in a first marriage, that's, that's pretty normal to remember that. In a second marriage, it's sometimes more difficult. Um, but in a first marriage, um, you have to, you just put your spouse first. I always... You know, I've only been married one time, so I can only speak to, to that for me. But for me, um, I always had that in the back of my mind. So when our kids were little, it, it was hard, and there were struggles. I remember Dan telling me that he felt like I was, I was so attached to the children. But on the other end of that, I felt like I had no options. I was, I was a breastfeeding mom. There were days that... I felt like all I did was have people touch me and, and want to be held by me and, and you know, I felt, mothers sometimes feel smothered by that. So by the time their husbands come home, they don't have any more really to give. So it's a frustrating experience on both sides of that, but there's, you just have to be patient, you just have to be understanding because with time. The children grow up a little bit. They're not quite so needy. And then you get that time. But, but mothers have to remember, parents have to remember to put each other first. I've seen a lot of relationships where the family looks really strong. And all of a sudden, the kids leave. And the, and the husband and wife divorce. Mm -hmm. And they divorce because they spent so much time putting into their children that they forgot each other so there was no communication there was there was nothing with each other they lost everything and it was all everything was focused on the children so they have nothing in common anymore they have no common interests or anything because the children the children were their interest you can't do that you have to you have to be able to support each other you know, even even now, um, Dan and I don't have the same interests in a lot of areas. He he's a sports fanatic. I really um, could kind of care less. 
But um, when he calls and says, hey, you want to go to a game? You want to you wanna do this? Sure, I do. I will do it. I'll never, I'll never tell him no. Now there have been times that I, I knew. Uh,